Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Gordon. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. You're going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. All right, welcome on into Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner of 440 Sports. Interesting little addition to our introduction there, John. Uh, tell the people a little bit about 440 Sports. Yeah, so 440 Sports is a on-demand kind of podcast network here in Nashville, founded by Braden Gall. So we've kind of partnered with him. So Broadway Sports is still Broadway Sports. It very sure. much is a partnership. So we're not going anywhere. We're still here to provide some of the great content that you can see uh, at broadwaysportsmedia.com from written content from John Glennon, from Mike Herndon. But as far as our podcast, it's really just a, an opportunity to continue to build the brand along with Braden's network here. So he's going to provide some great podcasts. I know he already has a daily one that he's doing for the, the 440 and, uh, and the these are just going to be part of that network as well. So nothing really changes from a Broadway sp- perspective. It's just continuing to build that as we uh, try to bring the greatest sports content as we can to the national sports fans. Yeah, so basically what you're saying there is nothing's going to change with Broadway. It's still going to be the same great Broadway sports that you know and love and have subscribed to already. Can't be listening to the show without it. Well, I guess you can be, but please don't. <laughs> At least get over there and sign up for a free membership and see all of our content. Uh, but it really, it's just another way, another place we're going to be representing Nashville sports and representing the town that we're in, which, again, is the reason we're doing this because a lot of times national media sleeps on the Titans, on the Preds, on some other things. So now we're, we're looking to just branch out a little bit, get our name out there, and, and really grow with people. And, and, and Rain's got a great company going with that 440, so look for us there as well. Now that's been said, let's jump right into this 2-0 start for the Titans. And real quick, Jonathan, just your opinion. Is it all smoke? I've seen a lot of people mad that they want to fire the defensive coordinator. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, Is it all smoke and mirrors, or are they deserving to be among the unbeatens? I think they're definitely deserving to be uh, among the unbeatens. You look at, you know, Denver... You went to Denver, beat Denver. Yeah, it was was a, a slugfest. It wasn't something that they just won going away. But, you know, Denver even with all the injuries they had, gave Pittsburgh, who everybody's talking about, all they really wanted. Pittsburgh right. pulled away, but they were right in the game to the very end with a backup quarterback. So um, then you come in with the Jaguars, and really for the first half, the Titans laid it into the Jags. Especially that first quarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, second half, it was one of those that um, it almost felt like one of those where they kind of got on a roll. And yep. so they were doing. They weren't doing anything super fancy. We can talk about it, about the the lack of halftime adjustments, which I think we've kind of seen two weeks in a row. You haven't seen a ton of adjustments there, but I do think they're definitely deserving. Division games are always division games. They're always going to be tough. Yeah, and and here's the thing: you got two tough. I heard someone say that these weren't exactly spectacularly ran teams or whatever. That's all fine, and I know I know what Jag the Jags have done to their team over the past little bit, getting rid of big names and everything. But that seems to be a moves for the bonus for that team because they seem to be playing together. Everyone's Look, they played their tails off on both sides of the ball at, at spots, and they were really well. And Minshew, I'm kind of sick of saying or hearing that Minshew sucks because I don't, I don't think he does. He, he's, he's very efficient, and, and, and they've got this game plan with him right now that's kind of tough to be, especially if you're going to play him the way the Titans did on, on Sunday. And it's just one of those things where he's going to end – if he keeps playing like this, he's going to end up being – I'm not going to say he's going to throw for the most yards or have the most touchdowns, but he's going to be one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL because he has been so far. He's been – it's it's very rarely you see a ball touch the ground if it's anywhere near his receiver. Now, where he gets in trouble, obviously, and you saw it on the Christian, Christian Fulton uh, inter- interception is when he overthrows just a little bit. And actually, that may have been going to the receiver behind him. We'll never know. But just the, the tip pass there up and, and Christian Fulton comes down with it for the uh, turnover there in the first quarter. So, But I, I, my point there is that I think that it's kind of – tough time to sit here and stop saying the Bills suck, stop saying the Jags suck, stop saying teams suck. Because here's the thing, it's going to be, the one thing I've learned about watching the Titans and, and evaluating is it's going to be a slugfest just based on how they run their their offense and their defense, especially right now. Yeah, and you, you, you talk about, hey, is this a trap game? Is this a trap game? We're going to talk about the Vikings game here later and, you know, it has the makings of a trap, trap game. game. <laughs> well, the funny part is whenever you are a good football team, which the Titans are, in yeah. my opinion, you can make an argument of how good they are, but they are a good football team. Varying levels of good. Yeah. 
every game's a trap game. Sure. That, that's the thing. As you get better, every game becomes a trap game. So it's not one of those like, hey, we can mark this one off as a win. No, every single team wants to beat you. Yeah. Every single team, you, you, you have them on notice, especially if you're running the playoffs last year. So you're not going to skate by and sneak up on teams. And frankly, the Titans have to play like it. If you want to be one of the best teams in the NFL, you have to step up and be one of the best teams in the NFL. And that doesn't mean being the underdog every single week. That means being the big dog, backing it up. Patriots did it for two decades. Guess what? Not every team can do it. It's right. time to put up or shut up. And that's kind of what this season is. And the Titans have, so far... They haven't been caught with it yet. They've been playing with fire a little bit, but there are some there are some reasons for that, mm-hmm. I think. But as you kind of move through the season, they're going to really decide whether they want to be a great team or a good team. So let's jump right into the to the Jags game real quick since we've kind of talked about some of our thoughts just overall about the game. But the, the Titans, uh, I love the way they started the game off with a big shot to Jono Smith for 63 yards on a fake, up or not fake, sorry, play action, um, faked the outside zone, ran everything left. Jono Smith did, initially did a really good job of hiding. He set up his block really well, like he was going to go block the edge, and then he let Taylor Lewan overtake him. He let Saffold overtake him, which I'm not sure if that was designed or not, but Saffold came so hot and heavy that he had no choice. He then ekes out after the pause out of the line and almost gets tripped up by an interior defensive lineman for the Jaguars who's trying to read the offensive line. Catches his balance, runs down the hash, and is op- wide open. I don't think there's anybody within three states of him uh, for for ten. He'll throw it. It's one of those. It's one of those passes that as a, as a former coach and and well former player, you just kind of hold your breath, going, "Don't drop it." You know, it's just it's just you're that open. So they hit that. They come out guns a blazing, and I was just amazed. What going back and watching the film about how close that was to being a disaster and when we talk about plays being just inches away from being a three yard gain or a no yard gain to being a house call or a 10 yard 15 yard gain it's those little things like that where one little person didn't get to something so on that you 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 take the good with the bad because there's one where you got lucky in a way I guess you could say. So what, what was your thoughts, though, watching them come out uh, with that first? Because it was, it was kind of the – and I forgot to mention that it was a roll throwback to that, which is really what made it work. Yeah, and it's some good self-scouting from the ability. They've run that play where you're going to have, you know, all the flow to the right, and you're going to have the tight end lined up on the right side, leak back to the other side. They beat the Saints with it on a throwback to Anthony Fasano a couple years ago. So decent self-scouting because the other team, they're looking, they're seeing that kind of rollout motion, but you don't see that tight end leaking back from that rollout side. So they think, okay, that's not what it is. It's just a standard, like, naked boot that they're trying to throw something to. Well... It's actually to the to the side they're tr- the play side that they're trying to run it to, which is the opposite of what they have tended to do. So it's some good self scouting, mm. knowing that a play that they've been running a few times this year is almost undoubtedly something that the Jags or any opponents the Titans are going to play are going to be preparing for. So I, I really like to see that because it means that Art is adapting. The Titans are adapting to things that they have tendencies to do. A lot of teams, they come out, it's like, awesome, you can come out with some good firepower, but what are you going to do when the other teams adapt? Because guess what? They're professionals, too. They're good coaches on the other side. And so for them to do that, it really showed that they they were very self-aware of the things that the other team could be playing for. And again, we've always talked about those first couple drives, those are the ones that are scripted, very much a scripted play. Mm-hmm. And so that's the kind of impact you want to see out of that. So it was great to see. Now, frankly, Johnny Smith's a freak athlete. Beat your dude one-on-one in the end zone. <laughs> I, I honestly thought that uh, going back and looking at the film, that if he would have broken back across the inside, he he had uh, Corey Davis coming up uh, that could have caught anything coming from behind him. I'm blanking on the receiver that was across. I'm guessing it was uh, Raymond or, or Bats. I have no clue who it was, but someone was over the top blocking as well. Uh, he was just on the on the coaches on the tight. He was just off screen. I couldn't. I, they never. He never came on screen, so I, I don't remember. Anyway, so he he makes that he he could score there, but two plays later. He gets the touchdown anyway on a route, uh, bunch route uh, combination coming out, uh, split the field. It was a nice play design because I think you said before we started, Humphreys comes out of the position to drag the corner to the corner. You have someone coming out across the other way, and then John just sets up in kind of like this, uh, I think we were debating what to call it beforehand, kind of this conversion hook kind of thing, but a weird way to get to it and just stood there. Daniel puts it high where only his uh, big athletic tight end can get and comes down with the touchdown. Yeah, it was one of those things that really told you that Tannehill was going to be in the zone that day. Oh, he was on fire. Yeah, it was one of those that, you know, the, the play was designed to go to Johnny, but it didn't get to him the way that it was that it was designed to do. I mean, they run Humphreys off to the corner, but really he's just running a play just to He's run just the clearing corner. out, yeah. 
He's running the corner out of the play. Mm. You had Corey Davis running across the formation, get that safety's attention and pull him out there. Then you get the one-on-one matchup with Jonu. But they had decent coverage on him, so pretty much Tannehill put it where only his guy could go up and get it. And he did. Defender's really literally standing in front of Johnny. So, I mean, that's just a set of things to come. I, Tannehill didn't miss many. He missed one late that I heard people griping about, but I'll, I'll get I, honestly the, 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 in the, the, where it happened in the game later on, the miss to Humphreys is what magnified it as a bad play. That, that was literally, I think, the only throw he really truly missed all day. Maybe the only throw he's missed in two games. So, he's been great so far. That's a little different story for the run game so far. It has been. Inconsistent at best, which we talked about last uh, pod, last show. That's surprising considering what the Titans had coming back. And what it is, basically, from from what I'm seeing, the first game, I kind of chalked it up to Denver really did a good job on their on their their interior linemen soaking up the, the double teams and not letting people get to the second level. The linebackers were super aggressive, but then they paid for it over the top. So I was like, well, that's, that's the game you play on defense. So at least the Titans were hitting those passes. This game, it was routinely the Titans kind of shooting themselves in the foot, missed blocking assignments. Uh, there was one toss early on that Corey Davis is having to block down the defensive end. He completely whiffs, which we can, I'll hear arguments about why he's even in the, <laughs> at that point, but they ran it later in the game, the same play, and they, it was a negative uh, three, so they were negative 10 on the day for that play. And they ran it into the boundary both times, some scouting there, I'm not sure, but obviously that play didn't work out for him. But there, more than that, there was a lot of plays during the day where I know Saffold had turned his shoulders and missed a couple. Dennis Kelly missed one by turning his shoulders. Uh, ben Jones was Ben Jones again. Um, but Lawan uncharacteristically missed a couple blocks throughout. And, of course, I'll have my full in-depth on all that in the In the Trenches article later this week once I'm able to put a little more of my notes into more of a written form that I've got going already. But it was just it was just – one thing here or there, there were so many plays where it's like, well, if Nate Davis can just cut off that guy or if Saffo can get up to this guy, then Derrick Henry's got a little free range. But I'm, I'm, I'm down on the offensive line. It's not just them. I didn't really buy into the Henry being tentative last week. I was like, uh, I didn't really see it. I saw it this week. There's one play in particular where the offensive line opened up a truck-sized hole, and he runs right into the back of his offensive line, and instead of putting his hand out getting out, he – that's a, that's a typical Derrick Henry score touchdown based on how that play was lining up. And the defensive lineman is able to reach out and grab him and pull him down. I can count on one finger how many times I've seen that before this game in, the, in Derrick Henry's career. It just doesn't happen very often. And you're kind of seeing a little bit – I don't want to call it tentative as much as he's just – I'm not sure if he's sure because of some of the missed blocks. So I just think that – I'm not going to say it's one or the other. They just both need to get on their track for next game. We've talked about it before. No preseason. I think we're in our second preseason game, and you're seeing some of those mistakes. Yeah, Titans, I mean, it's one of those, the run game, as those five guys that have to be in cohesion, it takes time to build that. Now, you talk about the consistency, but you kind of lost a lot of the offseason workouts, too, which sure. you can go through some things together, but it's not the same. It just isn't, as getting those those game reps and everything. So, I do think that'll improve a little bit. Thing about Derrick Henry, he's always been a slow starter. I actually thought he ran the ball better this game than he did against Denver. My biggest thing with Derrick Henry is he's on pace for well over 400 carries right now for the season. Yeah, you can't have that. And and he may be a physical freak, but but that at some point that everybody has a breaking well, point right there. Well, getting your second string running back that you drafted back is probably going to help with that. Now, they did go a little bit to McNichols and, and Perry this game for a couple plays, but it wasn't like what you would see, what I would expect if it was your true number two running back. So getting getting Evans back at some point you would think would help, I would hope anyway. Yeah, the, the thing that I would like to see, though, is that regardless of whether Evans is back, you can't, you know, uh, rob Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. Sure. You can't just run Henry into the ground because you don't have a solid number two. That's a good point. You, you yeah. have a running you have a quarterback that is firing on all cylinders right now. Give McNichols, give whoever it is, they got to be able to take some drives. I mean, they have to be able to give him some plays off to actually get some rest because, again, we talk about it, and I'll probably say it on every single pod, you're all in on this season if you're the Titans. You're all in on making sure you beat the Chiefs, and you can't get to the Chiefs and the Ravens. Without Derrick Henry. Well, and you can't get there with a uh, a corpse of Derrick Henry. Sure, that that's, and that's, we're ground. saying the same thing for sure. And so it's one of those that you have to be able to manage his workload early on. And I think Tannehill right now is definitely playing well enough that you can get by with Derrick Henry not having 200 yards a game because he's got 200 yards in two weeks. That's the other thing. Statistically, it's 
It's kind of a balance. It's not running great. Number two in the NFL and rushing yards exactly. or, or somewhere. So yeah. So I mean, it, it could be it could be much worse. But I think that you, sure. you saw this level of expectation be risen so high that I think there are some things to be concerned about. But I think my bigger concerns on the other side of the ball. Uh, for sure, and we'll get to there in just a second. Because I do want to call out some of the pass protection here in a second. But uh, let me apologize. I think I was unfair by saying Derek Henry was more hesitant. I just saw that he was he was running into his linemen Stick a little to bit. Your guns. And I just I just don't think he was as effective in some of his lanes. He did bounce it out a little more effectively this game. I will say that. I'm pretty sure you said that Derek Henry probably deserves to be cut. Is my name Jared Stillman? That, that's pretty much what I heard there. <laughs> no, don't do that to me. So, like I said, though, that so hopefully the um, you know Keith Carter can get in there with him and uh, fit, sew up some of those techniques and some of those those responsibilities on some things. Maybe that they've seen some things now. And and that's the thing is that a lot of the mistakes I'm seeing, they're just I don't think they're seeing second levels. I think they're they're a little too aggressive. I think Lawan's mistakes. You always you always say you want to make them going a thousand miles an hour. Well, that's what's happening to Lawan right now. Every mistake I've seen him make, he's been going a thousand miles an hour. So I, I guess I. Don't hate that. At least he's going hard, uh, which kind of count, counteracts someone else on the other side of the ball. But uh, back to the pass protection real quick. Uh, Dennis Kelly had a good game again, uh, but I said last week in my breakdown that I was a little concerned about um, the secondary moves. He was kind of falling off, falling to his feet, falling off of blocks. Uh, it Tannehill paid for it a little bit this week. Now, there weren't any big sacks he gave up, but there was at least three or four unnecessary hits that um, Tannehill took, and one of them famously was on the third and nine. Uh, beautiful and one throw to Humphreys in the corner uh, for the touchdown, but Kelly let his guy go late. Constantly, I saw people having to chip, people having to help Kelly and, and, and account for him a little bit on the outside. So that's something I would like to see cleaned up there. But overall, again, I think he had a good game. I thought his running assignments were, were, were pretty good. Uh, and his pass protection, I'm, I'm nitpicking like six or seven plays, but still six or seven plays that it was pretty common throughout. I thought Nate Davis, again, even though he, he struggles a little bit getting to the second level in the run game, again, as a guard, I thought his pass protection was really good. He looked for help. He floated well. He picked up a couple twists. Um, so I can't be mad there on that. So Tannehill was given time to make the plays in which he took advantage of, and especially on some of those those third downs to um, Ferkser or Humphreys. I mean, that was it. It was either to Ferks or Humphreys. And I think it was kind of funny. Mike Herndon uh, in the chat said, you know, sometimes I have to wait till they get up so I can see what number <laughs> the guy is to see who caught it. <laughs> Not trying to say they look any, like stature-wise standing next to each other, but like in the in the heat of a play, it's kind of tough to see. <laughs> they're real. They're both real gritty players, real gym rats. Real gym rats, yeah. But they've got great hands, and, they, and, they're, and they're two of uh, – two comfort blankets for, for Tannehill as he's looking for him on that third and down conversions. I think he did convert one to Corey Davis, which was a real nice play. And Corey Davis continues to play well. I thought that it downfield he blocked well as well in a couple of plays. So I, I, Corey Davis is having a good season still, and especially no A.J. Brown this time. I thought that was a, kind of a factor there, but I still think he played a good game. Statistically speaking, Corey didn't have the same kind of day that he had uh, last week, but I thought he still played well. He had one tough catch you'd like to see him come down with. On sure. It. But the defender made a good play on the ball. He went up and attacked it as well, and they're going to make plays from time to time. I wouldn't call that an outright drop. Now, would you want your number one receiver to be that guy? Maybe, I mean, in this game, Corey Davis was your number one receiver. You'd like him to make that kind of play. Sure. But... That's being a little bit nitpicky. I, I do think he played better than his three-catch performance. I, fair enough. And I think that's enough for the offense. I did want to just um, – there are, we skip a few things I didn't want to get to just move Hold on, on to the defense. Hold on. Yep. Got to give a shout-out. Go, go ahead. Cam Batson. I said it in the offensive preview whenever we talked about it several weeks ago. Everybody was talking about you had Davis, you had Khalif Raymond, you know, coming off of last season. But I said – this team loved Cam Batson and the way that he played. Yeah. He got the offseason award two years ago until he got hurt coming into last season. And then I tell I'm, I'm saying it right now. He's a better wide receiver right now than, than Khalif Raymond is for this team. He should be the guy that is number four on that on that right wide receiver depth chart when everybody is healthy. And he just has an attitude about it. Now, he may end up injuring himself, and that was one of my biggest concerns with him because the way he plays and probably the reason that the coaches love him he puts him. He has no regard for his own safety. Oh, there. for sure. But he go. He goes hard. He attacks the ball, and he makes tough catches. He's got good hands on it. And yeah, you watch the some of that. All, those all twenty twos. There was a couple of plays where he just took off down the field. The, the speed is no joke, and that's not a knock on Raymond. Raymond is very much a guy down the field, and I'm not sure. I know Raymond did a lot for this team, but if you had to pick which one is better at wide receiver right now, and giving you more at wide receiver, it's Batson. And frankly, Raymond, yeah, he's a 
he is the special teams guy, but in a league that has diminished special teams, I'm not sure. I would not be shocked if Raymond is a casualty to the cut line here in the next few weeks. That would be a huge blow, especially to how 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 excited people were, at least to the fandom of it. I mean, it's just that'd be a very shocking thing. But I see what you're saying because because business is business, right? And you got to think to yourself, why was he in the game a little more than Raymond? And I think that some of what you're saying is true. I don't have the official snap count to snap count, but he made an impact, and it was very visible when he was making his plays. I think he had almost double his snaps on offense. I mean, on but. I mean, Raymond's very much the special teams guy, but yep. it's not like he's making huge impacts there right now. So, so more than likely, that was Batson that I was trying to figure out on the on the, on the first play of the game, possibly. Yeah, it may have been, but it was one of those that the, he still has the speed. He's bringing more to wide to wide receiver, and regardless of whether Raymond was the guy that was uh, that was great on special teams, is it, this league just doesn't give you the same opportunities on special teams that it used to. So it's a diminished position. So, yep. And that's not a knock on Raymond. That's probably a little extreme to say he's going to get cut. But I have said that between Davis, Raymond, and Batson, you have three very similar receivers. You de- typically don't want all three being the exact same. Right. So if that's the case, they obviously went with Raymond early on, probably because of the special teams and some thoughts about what Raymond could do. Well, it ain't coming. It's not showing up right now. Yep. So you heard it here first. Jonathan Bourne says Raymond's gonna be cut uh, five minutes before the uh, the Vikings game this week. So watch out for those. News. You'll you'll hear that news in the same release where Ryan cuts <laughs> Derrick Henry. Well, at touche, Ryan, sir. At Ryan on broad cuts Derrick Henry. Well, yeah. Please go to at Ryan on broad. I'd appreciate that. That's not really Ryan handy. on Broadway. <laughs> so moving on to the defense here. Derrick Henry's not getting cut. I'd like to point that out right now, and I'm gonna edit out everything you said. Uh, moving on to the defense. Um, I just got to ask you a question because uh, you kind of pointed out during the game as well. Is it is Clowney hurt hurt or is he tired hurt? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, those little those little nicks start to be a little bit worse whenever you're tired, and he's definitely tired. I oh, mean, heck yeah. I mean, it's been beaten into a pulp. I mean, he's definitely still getting into that game shape now because they continue to roll with three outside linebackers. They don't it's have tough. the same sort of rotation that they can do there. Um, so he's not making quite as much impact. But I, another area that you kind of see his impact showing up is you talk about getting into the feel of the game. Several times in this game, he was but he was late to line up or would try, mistime his jump. Mm-hmm. And so he'd get off balance. He'd come running up to the line. He'd try to, try to get, catch them off guard. They wouldn't snap, but he's off balance. Then the snap happens. So he's a little all over the place right now. So he's really got to settle into the position. Get back to the fundamentals and knowing what your basic keys are. Because right now he's kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off on a lot of plays. Yeah, it's one of those things where you see him line up wide, which I, I think it's a great benefit to him because I think that he has enough time to get a, get a ramp up, start going, and still be able to read the play and react because of how athletic he is. But the problem is, is that he's not necessarily getting off the ball late because I, I try I, watching it live. I was like, oh, he's getting off the ball late. But then I go watch the motion. No, he's moving the same time the tackle is. Not really getting out, the, but he's just reacting. It's just kind of he's second guessing. It's not the same kind of pop. He consistently is getting stopped on his first move, which is also something that I'm not used to seeing through scouting him through other teams. He normally keeps fighting through that first and at least makes an effort. Now he did uh, later on. I honestly, honestly thought that he was a little better rushing from the interior. Over the guard and center, there was one. I think Lindor Linder went out uh, with a knee injury. Uh, the center uh, for the Jags and Clowney lined up right over the backup center and went right around him and almost made the sack on Minshew on the very next play. It's probably one of his best pass rushes, if not his best pass rush of the game. So, well, the one where they schemed him to be left unblocked, he looked pretty good too. Oh, sure, but yeah, I, I, I no, I couldn't have made that play. I would have fallen apart two yards into it. Um, but the point is, is that beating a block, it was one of the better ones he looked uh, throughout the day. So I, I, I'm going to chalk it up again. I think I don't want to make excuses for him. That's the thing is you did pay him to come in here and be a difference maker. But everybody, you can't, we can't sit here and say that we think everybody's hurting from this non-preseason and then hold him to a higher standard. He should hold himself to a higher standard. He's a more talented athlete a lot of those. But – I'll tell you this right now. He's going to come along at some point. I just I'm not ready to give up, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. He's too talented not to not to. But what's happening is is that Harold Landry, on the opposite side, pops on film. Even if he's not making the play, he's getting close. He 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 is consistently winning. I've seen him double teamed a little bit as well. He's fighting through these things. He's making plays in the run game. He's making plays deflecting passes. The sacks aren't showing up. He got the big interception in the game. I mean, he's 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 just kind of all over, and he's playing a hell of a lot more snaps than I think even the Titans plan on him playing, obviously due to the lack of numbers, but he is really taking the most of his advantage right now. 
I'm more, I want to get him people healthy so that you can give this guy a break and keep him fresh throughout the season because if this is how he's playing right now, tired, I can't wait to see how he plays if he has a little bit of break here and there. Yeah, that's one of those. It's the same thing as Derrick Henry. Like, he's playing great, but he's going to wear down. There was talk all offseason about how did he play too many snaps last season. Right. Well, he's he's going to play more this season as of right Double now. Double it up right now, yeah. So, yeah, they got to be able to manage that as well. And I want to talk about that play where kind of Clowney came unblocked towards the end of the game. Sure, yeah. Um, I think it was the next to the last Jags drive where he, he did that. And just a brilliant scheme and uh, to counter what the Jags are doing. Jags go into an empty formation. And so the the Titans are able to counter in that situation by they go four down linemen, but they don't put it in your typical you know one three technique and then your five techniques or or even if you go a little bit wider than that. And so what they end up doing is they actually have three guys to the right side of the formation, and with those three guys you have Clowney lined up what I would probably call an eight technique. He's outside of a wide nine. He he's way out there. He's almost lined up over the nickel or sure. over the slot wide receiver. What that does is then you have that first inside D lineman. Uh, he's lined up over the tackle, and the next one lined up over the guard. What that does is you kind of have three guys over two guys, that offensive line. Now, typically you'd want to shift that a little bit, but it puts them in a bind. What the Titans sacrifice there is they had no linebackers to protect against the run. But it's a brilliant setup there because it's Minshew right there. You're almost daring him to run. In that, but you have no real threat of a run game straight up the middle. No QB draw. Minshew's a scrambler. He's not really a guy that's going to take off and run with the ball. And so it really put them in a position where, as an offensive line, it's hard for you not to block the guy that's lined up head up on you. And so, and if you do, it puts either Clowney in a one-on-one situation with the off- with the offensive tackle, which is where you want to be, or Simmons in a one-on-one situation with the guard. That's those are odds that if you're a Titans uh, fan or you're a Titans coach. Those are the those are the plays you want them to be in because it sets your those are your guys those are your two guys that have to make plays in that situation. Sure. So just really nice setup based on what the Jags had come out at formationally, and so it was nice to see that. And I just thought that that's something that needed to be called out. It wasn't just oh the Jags screwed up. No, there were some schematic things yep. that they did to them that forced that. Yep, it was definitely an office it put that uh, Taylor in, uh, the tackle in a very bad bind there so I, I agree with what you're saying and sorry I almost moved on uh, here without going that because you're right that it was a big play uh, just a couple other notes about the defense I thought that uh, the interior defensive line continues to play well uh, Crawford had a hell of a sack there on Minshew that I think we lost 70 yards or, or it seemed like uh, so he came off the ball hard and, and really attacked uh, so it was one of the few bright spots in the pass rush as far as effectively sacking the quarterback I think it was the only sack of the game unless I'm forgetting one no, they, they got him down one other time, but it was one of those that I actually think the pass rush played decently well. Minshew is, is a good, he, he's kind of wiry back there. He, he gets yeah. out of some things. He will hold onto the ball too long, which is what he did there. He tried to just run around or sure. run backwards. That's the only time I really got in trouble throughout that game. I thought, I thought I'd get him in trouble a little more yep. based on the, his past performances, but that was really the only one I can think of. Maybe that's why I was just thinking of that didn't one. didn't so much get him in trouble. He displayed it a few times, yep. but he was able to escape, run for a couple yards kind of sure. thing. Sure, um, fourth and three uh, one exactly. time, yeah. I think it was more that the Titans' pass rush didn't struggle getting pressure on him. They struggled getting home and, pu- and finishing the job. Finishing the job. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, so. Uh, Simmons, though, I, he continues to win uh, consistently at his position now. He's not making the tackles, but that's the thing. Here's my problem is he's he's doing enough up front with these double teams and everything. These linebackers should be making more plays. I, I saw a little bit of, of indecision, a little slow reaction from uh, Rashawn Evans. Uh, technically, this is his first full game so because he got himself thrown out of the first one, so he's still on game one and a half of, of the preseason uh, set here. Well, and I think linebacker is such a reactionary position. It's something that you're reading your keys and it's almost muscle memory. So that's a position that I really think could be affected by the lack of Mm. off season, the lack of camp, because yeah, even though he's played this position for so long in his life, he's seen these things. You kind of, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. And so I'm curious if that is something, because I see the same thing. They're a little slower to react than you'd like to see. And so is that going to pick up as the season goes along, as they get that repetition, they get that muscle memory back? Mm. Now, I don't think it should take four games to get there. I think you should start to see that in this game. What bothers me about that is the Miles Jack is already there. You know, and the Denver Denver linebackers were pretty much there in the first game. They were so reactionary and so quick. To, but again, it's a little different setup on offense. They they know what the Titans like to do. So they they know that they're coming downhill where the Jags are not. The Jags are not built the same way. So I don't want to be harsh and say that the Ev- Evans is um, 
not at the same place those other linebackers or he's a lesser linebacker, he's preparing for a different offense is all I mean there. So it, it's kind of a little bit of you still want him to react quicker than he is, but it's not like those other linebackers are really, literally they're selling out to stop Derrick Henry. That is their number one goal. And so far, like we said earlier, Tannehill's taking advantage of those defenses that are trying to do that. So and props to Fulton again for his first career, career INT as we're moving along here. Um, but I do want to touch on one thing before we move on to the Vikings. Uh, last week I did not get to a decision about a timeout for you, and I apologize. We're going to get to your coaching decision of the week this week. Uh, and the, What you want to talk about is the decision to kick the game, eventual game-winning field goal when they did when it was fourth and four? Fourth and four, fourth and five. I don't yep. remember the exact situation. It, and they were obviously in Jags territory. They're, it, they're at that fringe field goal range. It's one of those that I, I openly said I would I would go for it, and that's partially, I mean, that's completely pretty much based on the fact that, you know, Gaskowski had already missed an extra point. We already know what happened last week. And it wasn't so much that, you know, I don't believe in Gaskowski to make the kick or whatnot. It was the risk versus reward. Even if you kick it, they're going to have time, and they've been moving the ball. Also combined with the fact of if you miss it, they have great field position mm-hmm. to go down the field. Yep. Um, and then they only need to field goal. So I, I almost think that de- decision to kick that football right there was as risky as any decision that Vrabel has made. Because, uh, yes, if you get it, it doesn't guarantee a win because they had been moving the football. Now, they came up with a play. The defense did come up with a play when they needed to at the end of the game. Um, but it was one of those that I, I, I mean, it worked out. I did not, I don't, and this is unlike last week. Last week when it was fourth and one, I thought they absolutely should have gone for it. I don't think there was any, I think that was 100% the correct decision to do that they did not do. This one I can see both sides. So kudos to Vrabel for having faith in his kicker to send him out there, and he drilled it. He that? drilled that yeah. thing live. I, I said it on the post game. I said it while we watched it. That, that, that ball said 20 yards to go. That ball could have curved everywhere, and I literally said, it's in. He 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 put the screws to that one, baby. There was quite a bit of frustration taken out on that ball. So, like, yeah. kudos to Vrabel. That, like I said, I, what I would have done in that situation because um, maybe I'm a little more risk averse. Uh, I like analytics. I, I like going for the, for it, but I, it's logic based. Um, that one seemed a little more gut based to go for that yeah. kick right there. And so, uh, kudos to him for make. Pulling the trigger, it worked out right there. But I think that doesn't get enough play for how risky of a decision it was. It's hard for me. You and I talked about this beforehand. So it's hard for me to disagree with that decision because you know, of the two of us, I am I am the more I'm going to go less risk. I'm risk risk adverse, right? In my coaching and how I am, I'm going to go with a safe play nine times out of ten. But I do like it when they go for it. So I am all things hindsight being 2020 is tough for me to go back and say, well, it got him the win. So I, I how can I disagree with it? Well, what do we say but, though? What do we say? A good decision is good. De- is right. a Good decision, regardless of outcome. Bad sure. decision is bad, regardless of outcome. Sure. And I, and that's a great saying. I think that very much fits right here because here's the point, even though they did make it, they still left a ton of time for the Jags to go down and score. If, even if you just get the one first down and if you go one more series and kick it again, there is 20 seconds left in the game. And I, and, I think when they kicked it, I think I even mentioned there should only be 40 seconds left in this game. I didn't like the Titans having the incomplete passes. If they knew they were going to kick it, then they should have just been running the dang thing out, forcing those timeouts out of the Jaguars' pockets. Yeah, I think that's one of those, like I said, I you say you're averse to risk, and I think this kind of goes back to what's that mentality? What's the mentality of um, is kicking the safe thing to do? Well, when if you tell me that I have a kicker that has missed five Kicks sure, sure, point. yeah, yeah. Versus Maybe that's what, the most risky thing. <laughs> yeah, versus what Ryan Tannehill's been doing at quarterback. He's got the hot hand and has, has had one bad pass. Now, don't get me wrong. That bad pa- that bad miss, given the situation, was a big miss because he checked to that play. He got exactly what he wanted when he checked to that route to Humphreys on that it drive. Was there. It and was he, there. Just, he just missed it. So he had missed something in a clutch situation. But you tell me which one seems safer to get five yards versus the 50-yard field goal? Well, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill, and then I don't think that's a close battle. I, I right don't. Now. I don't but, disagree with you. you. Know what? But applaud. I, I will applaud the outcome of it, and I don't think that is necessarily a hardcore. This was the absolute wrong versus right decision. Hopefully, this will have a ripple effect, and it'll give Goskowski even more confidence, and that he becomes he regains his form. Those yips go away at this point. Vrabel went to him and said, "Win us the game," and he did. So hopefully, now you can use him in these positions. You're not going to have have the same situation you had in the Denver game, and this will be singing a different tune three or four weeks from now from Goskowski.
Yeah, and one thing I will say about the Titans' defense, just before we move on to the Vikings, just to kind of put a, put a finishing touch on it. Well, cherry on top. Yeah, the, the the defense did not play great. They very much targeted Kenny Vaccaro. Vaccaro had a very up-and-down game. He made some big plays. When big he, plays. But he but. also had some plays where that he kind of gave up there, and it did look like they were intentionally oh, they, yeah, targeting yeah. him. And it may not be targeting him so much as they were going to target the linebackers and safeties, and one of those safeties' name is Kevin Byard, and they didn't want anything to do with that. So then he just happened to be the guy up. So... He also missed a big tackle for the, the long touchdown run for Robinson right in the middle. He and Jalen Brown both missed it, but Vaccaro literally stacked behind Brown in the hole, and I was like, what are you doing? So, I mean, that was – he made spectacular, and then plays like that, you just left left kind of stood up scratching your head like, what's going yeah, on he had several. he had a couple of plays where he got matched up with the tight end. They seemed to like that matchup and throwing mm. it up at the tight end. Tight end beat him on the first one. He actually he actually broke the broke the pass up on the next ben, two that they Minshew tried. Minshew is good at those scenes. That's throws. where I was going to talk about is that, yes, the defense did not play a great game, but I don't think they played as bad as people think they did. And let me tell you, Minshew, I said it on the post game. He, he's a problem for all 32 teams, including the Jags, because I think he's good enough that he's going to talk them out of playing tre- Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> he's going to do just good enough. I yeah. don't know if he's good, at, good enough to win a Super Bowl with, but he's better than they've had in a long time, and he made the Titans pay for every single and mistake And the fans they made. love him. Yep. I mean, he's fun. He's, he's fun. fun. He enjoys it. I mean, he's the kind I of I want to have a beer want, with him. Yeah, you want to, he's the kind of guy you want to get behind. But, yeah, the, the guy the guy's legit. I mean, he, he actually is a legit quarterback. And guess what? You can say that the Jags are tanking, but when you have a quarterback, you're going to be in every game. Yep, and 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 you're going to be in that quarterback purgatory. You talked about the Titans were in for years where you're going to be close to six wins, seven wins, not good enough to get the elite guys and just kind of always guessing, do we, how much longer do we keep this guy? So, yeah, I, but here's the thing. He, he hit some big throws. Wasn't all on the Titans, but, you know, he took advantage of what they gave him, and he played well. So I can't. I got to give you know tip your hat as a coach and say, well, you got us on this place. Jay Gruden called a brilliant game yes, he as did. well. Absolutely, they called yes, a brilliant did. game. It was a good chess match between Art Smith and the Jags defense and Jay Gruden and the Titans defense. Okay. So that wraps up the Jags. Uh, hopefully, the mistakes get mat get tuned up this week hopefully some things get balanced out as we look ahead to the very bad awful i hate saying that but they were putrid on sunday minnesota vikings and maybe we all said the Diggs was making the mistake going to buffalo maybe he's the smartest man in minnesota get or there was in minnesota getting out of there because they just don't look good right now they started off the game pretty well i think i think pretty early on cooks had a cook had a touchdown uh run and looked like it was going to be you know some more power offense from the vikings but uh, just going back to the stats they 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 threw for 95 yards total not in the first quarter not in the first half the entire game and then ran it for 80 I, I, that's that's something like my middle school team used to do when we were playing the, the much bigger, faster, stronger kids from the country. You know, they would come in and just wipe the floor with us. Of course, they probably repeat in the eighth grade for the seventh time. But it's neither here nor there. Uh, it just you don't see that kind of stat line often in the NFL. And I and I, I'm kind of I don't know if the Colts are that good on defense. I don't think they're terrible, but I don't think they're that good. So I think that's more. The, I think it just basing on what's the game that I did, that it's more the Vikings kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, Vikings definitely didn't play a good game. They haven't played a good game yet. It's one of those Kirk Cousins. Um, he uh, he's making his money, but he is not seeing the field very well right now. Yep. And he's not a, speci- a a spectacularly gifted athlete. He he's not going to be able to sling the ball around, and he's throwing balls late. And when you don't have the strongest arm, when you're late, that it's an incomplete pass or an interception. So he throws three interceptions in this game. Gives up a safety on a play that he should have gotten the ball out, in my opinion. And so it's one of those that Kirk Cousins is just, he's not playing for what they're paying for right now. So Titans going in there, I think it's going to be a fairly similar game plan to what you saw against the Jaguars. I think you're going to just put the game in, in Kirk Cousins' hands. Yes, you have Adam Thielen but you have a lot of young receivers right there that are trying to make some plays. Maybe this will be the what the Tajay Sharp revenge game. I don't know. But oh. you're trying to break some guys in. Dalvin Cook, I mean, he still runs hard, but I, I don't think he's worth what they were paying him. I didn't think that before anything that's happened here. He's a good player, but they don't seem to have the same physical personality that the Titans do, and they're a very similar team to what the Titans do. You can look at what the Titans did with Marcus Mariota at quarterback and not taking those big chances and not giving your guys a chance to really make those big plays. 
That's kind of what the Vikings look like right now. When you have Kirk Cousins, that yeah, he'll throw the obvious play. He'll give you what that what's there, but he's not going to take too many risks. And when he does, he tends to be late with it. You saw what happened with the Titans, and that looks eerily similar to what you're seeing from the Vikings right now. Yeah, and I'm not going to go too far into the offensive and defensive lines, and 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 because I'll look at that here later this week, and I'll have that in the trenches article. I'm not trying to plug it, but just saying I need more time to properly evaluate. I've, I've gotten through the Titans. I'm going to get to the Vikings next. He's not um, trying to plug it, but I'll also check out in the trenches written by Ryan Watson. <laughs> it's a fantastic, lovely article that my mother just absolutely loves. Anyway, uh, even though I don't think she's read either. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Um, but it seemed like the 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 Colts just off of, off the broadcast watch were consistently getting advantage over multiple spots in the offensive line. They weren't picking up uh, blitz reads, twists. It just it, all the makings of a, of an offensive line that for a uh, four downline rush, you're just rushing three or four can take advantage of. You love those kind of matchups as a defensive line because then you can you can drop more guys in the cover and 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 make Cousins beat you and hit those holes, which he's not doing right now. So this sets up to be a confidence boost game for the Titans for them to work on some things and get some things right. I hate saying that because we started the show saying you, you have to play as though everyone's going to give you their best shot. And I think that this may be the game that Cousins gives you the best game he's going to play all year because he, he still is an NFL quarterback who's done it before and has, has put up 400-yard games and has, has thrown all over people at, from time to time and, and gotten hot. So I don't think you can go in there thinking, oh, we're just going to walk all over them, even though I think the Titans could. And the same thing on offense. I think this is a perfect game for them to go and attack that 4-3 defense that the, the Vikings have and look to get the run game going to get in their fits. And I'd, I'd love to see – I hate to say this, but I'd almost like to see like Lawan Saffel kind of tone it down a little bit, take it back to basics, finish out their run fits, and then just move up because I think Derrick Henry is running good enough. Even though I thought he was hesitant, I think he's running good enough that if you can just get your guys for just a half a second longer, those two yard gains are going to turn into seven yard gains. Those seven yard gains are going to turn into fifty yard gains, and, and on down the line. So this is one of those things where I just want to see the Titans do what they do and beat a team that does what you do that doesn't do it as well as you do. Yeah, and it's one of those. I mean the the Vikings are hampered by the injury bug as well. You're going to be without Anthony Barr, without Daniel Hunter. I mean, it's one of those that yeah, they're uh, feeling the pain too. Yeah, so you got to be able to attack that. Luckily, I mean, if you're if you're a Titans fan, it, so far you've been relatively good. You have some Com- nicks. Compare yourself to in, uh, yeah. like three other teams, the 49ers, for example. Yeah. Just they're going through injury Armageddon right now. Yeah, maybe just forfeit any sort of game that gets played at uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah, there please. In New York. Just don't just don't play it whatsoever. Yeah. No. Um. It, so it's one of those that in in. When they get a Dory back, I think that's going to change a lot. Just to jump back, we didn't really mention that, but I do think a Dory helps this defense a ton. But whenever you go against the Vikings and kind of offensively how you're going to attack them, I don't think they do, like you said, they, they don't do anything super fancy. They never really have. They're not going to disguise a lot, but they've always done what they do well. Right now, they're not. Right now, they're just not. They don't have the corners that are super physical at the line of scrimmage that are going to be able to take away those wide receivers. And so teams are taking advantage of that you're losing some of those battles at the line of scrimmage. Look, they have great safeties. They have absolutely great safeties. Outside of that, leaving a lot to be desired. Sure. That said, it is hard to win three straight games in the NFL. I would absolutely be worried if I was a Titans fan going into Minnesota. Yeah, there's nothing I don't want to see. Well, it's going to happen, so I, whether I see it or not. It, you, regardless of what the fans type, the Titans the players cannot take this game for granted, as I just mentioned, and then you just mentioned as well. I think the important thing for the Titans also is they hopefully are healthy and have their full rotation finally in multiple positions. Hopefully they get their outside linebackers all back. They, they've been missing – Two of them this entire season so far. Adoree Jackson is huge if they get him back. He is arguably, no, no, he is the best corner the Titans have. You've got to get him back because you get him back in the fold, then other guys can go back to more natural positions and 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 not be the guy over there. And it just helps your coverage out as a whole on the defensive side of the ball. So if you get just the outside linebackers back and Adoree back, then I want to judge this defense. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, everyone says, uh, you know, we need a defensive coordinator in here. Look, I, I think that the play calling has been fine. The players have to execute. The players also have to be rested to execute. So I think that's going to be the big factor for me looking forward to the Vikings game is that they can – it's going to be pleasant in, in that, that, that environment. It's not going to be – you know, you don't have to worry about weather too much in the dome. It's a nice stadium. Um, I 
meaning to get up there and visit my brother and go see that up there. Really, before this all Corona stuff happened, I, I circled this on the schedule as the game I was actually going to travel and go see um, and, and possibly have to do the show from Minnesota or something. But, you know, uh, that's obviously not going to happen now. But hopefully the Titans bring their run game with them bring their confidence with them, take this team seriously, and take it to them. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've, been, I've gone first on the score predictions. Uh, so, But before we get to score predictions, anything else you want to call out? Is keys to victory or something important you're looking for for the, for the Titans to, to take to Minnesota with them? I mean, I'd like to see if A.J. Brown's going to play. I, I, sure. I really do think he, he'd help them. Uh, that's That goes without saying. But the, the fact that their weaknesses are their corners, I think this could be a big game. Um, but also should be a big game that, that we should, that the Titans, we start to see them get their run game corrected and really start 100%. to pound that rock. We talk about it being able to travel. Well, look, you had, you had the short week after playing in Denver. It was your second game. You should be fully rested, as fully rested as you're ever going to be in an NFL season mm-hmm. going into this game. So I think this is one that they have every reason to go into it and um, take care of business. They are a better team, but like I said, I, I they've been a better team every game, and we've seen what's happened. I mean, absolutely, so. I think so. What what what? you see come out of this. And again, Art Smith's been calling a brilliant game on offense so far. Mm-hmm. Um, even the play, even the plays that aren't necessarily working, you can see why they're doing it. There's only been a couple play calls and that I'm calling it questioned. too well. Yeah. <laughs> For so, other coaches to notice. Him. <laughs> it, it's one of those going into Minnesota with them, not going to doing anything that is too difficult. It's one of those, it, it, it's simple, but it is an easy kind of thing. Sure. That's what they've always lived by. So I think that they're going to have a good game plan to go in there. It's just, again, I... I Why change what's been working? Exactly. I think they're going to have to put pressure on Kirk Cousins. On defense, yeah. And and I don't mean necessarily putting him on the ground kind of thing. I mean the pressure being make him win the game. Affect him. Well, make him win the game. Take away Dalvin Cook and make Kirk Cousins do something he hasn't done so far, and that's win without two superstar wide receivers. Adam Thielen's good. Shade your coverage over to Thielen. Take him away and make your Jeffersons, make your Tajay Sharps, make your Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Your BC Johnsons. Yeah, those are the guys said who that's the point yeah it's one of those that you should listen to the flex i talked about bc johnson but it's one of those <laughs> that it doesn't seem like something that they should be able to move the ball up and down the field on the titans if you take away thielen and so if it's me i'm shading that coverage and i'm making sure that guy's not going to beat me now we yeah. look at what they did with the chiefs they've shown the ability to show um favoritism to some receivers they took away Travis Kelsey in that AFC Championship game, they truly did. They they had him jammed at the line of scrimmage. They got physical with him. That's I don't think that's how you take away Thielen, but I think you can find other ways. You can you know put somebody in his face and then have somebody over the top of him, and he's not going to be the guy that affects you. Um, and guess what? If they if they beat you, if they do something they haven't shown the ability to do so far and beat you anyways, well, you give it your best shot, and I think that's your best option right there. Take away their best player, and I do think that's still Thielen. I 100% agree with everything you said there, and, and, and I, I'm not going to touch anything else because I agree. That's my keys to the games too. I really want to see that run game get going as an offensive line guy. That, that's really what makes me happy. I got so happy towards the end of the, sec- the first half of the Titans-Jags game because that run game really started rolling. I put out a tweet saying, God, they're rolling. This is it. This is when they're going to go. And then second half, and they kind of went back to the whole two, three yards. But I'll say this. If you're getting me three, four yards on a run, I'm going to take it every time because that sets you up and on pace. It was the negative sevens, the negative threes they've got to stay away from or the no gains, that kind of stuff. So look for them to stay away from those negative plays versus the Vikings, and I think it'll be a good day for the Titans. I'm also going to let you give your score prediction first. Oh, man. I have talked about how I think it's tough to win three games in a row. Um you know, my, my head says just look at the matchup. Uh, just look at which team is the better team and playing better, and I think that's definitely the Titans. But the, the statistician in me that says it's just tough. It's just tough to, to win three games in a row, two games on the road. I, I, I'm kind of tim- – I think we may see a disappointing performance this week, um, and which will result. It, it's only going to amplify the performances that are viewed as disappointing the last two weeks because they feel like – a lot of the fans feel like that the Titans should have put up a better performance against the Broncos and Jags. I'm going to guess it's going to be something like – um, 27, 24, 24 to, and here's my thing. I was going to say 20, I was going to say 24, 20, but as I watched that game, I realized I have to start accounting for missed extra points mm. and therefore it's 24, 19. Okay. 24, 19, who wins? 
Vikings. Vikings win 24-19. That's your prediction. That's my prediction. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm actually, I actually think, and this is maybe I'm the more hopeful one. Maybe I'm, I, I agree with what you're saying that, that at some point in time, that first loss is going to come. And maybe this is the wake up game for them if they do lose it. But at the same time, I just, I don't see it right now. I think that they're just such a, such a better team that even if they don't put up their best effort, I still think they can beat the Vikings. But I, I see this game 27 to 13 Titans. And here's the thing, my every everything from actually breaking down the game and where I think the Titans should be able to win, I agree with everything you said. Yep. But again, it's just yep. the gut you feeling know. in three games in a <laughs> row is tough. And it's not you being pessimist either, because it's just the it's just them's the rules sometimes. Oh, I, I can explain to you every reason that the Titans will win this game and they will be the, the This is the just your feeling. Team, and then I will turn around and pick the Vikings just cause. Yeah. So, so no pitchforks or, or 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 torches over here for my for my main man Jonathan. He's not saying the Titans are terrible. He's just saying that every NFL season. I mean, for example, did you see the Chiefs and Chargers this weekend? I mean, stuff happens, and those are your your reigning World Series. Probably going to repeat or at least have a, sh- a shot to repeat this year. Just stuff happens sometimes. I, Teams match up differently against each other. I will say though, if the Titans can come out. Blazing. The way that they did against the Jaguars. They put the Vikings away. Well, it, because I think the Vikings are on the, the edge of a knife right now. Mm-hmm. They're that veteran Start team shoving on the sideline. Yeah, it's one of those. The, the Jags are almost too... It's one of you used young. to talk about. You used to talk about the the younger kids. They're almost right. too dumb to be right. impacted by it. And I, and I don't mean that like they're actually stupid. It's just they haven't been. They, have, they don't know. They don't know any better right. than that. And so that's where a team like that can come back and why they can be dangerous. The Vikings are all in on this season. The Vikings are one of those teams that things start to go bad and they already have started to go bad. Push them over the top, and I don't know if they recover from that. So I do think if they can come out early, come out strong, that the Vikings will crumble. Yep, I agree with you. That's going to end our show tonight. So in closing, this has been the Coach's Corner, part of the Broadway Sports Network. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. Remember, partnered with brand new 440 Sports, exciting new venture for all your Nashville listening needs. So check out our podcast on there as well. Check out Braden's podcast. It's going to be a good time. I, I promise you're not going to regret going onto the website and seeing what all it has to offer. Make sure you're also following your host, Jonathan at JB on Broad, myself, Ryan on Broadway. Get that right this time. And for the show, Coaches on Broad, be sure to subscribe and rate five stars before closing out the show on the app of choice that you have open. But until next time, we out. See you.